This time on Geek Pod Blue. Warning, station is now code blue. of Geek Pod Blue. I am your host, Hugh, and I am feeling a bit pagan today. Well, not really, but I do want to delve into the uh, pagan origins of Christmas. Now, we, we all uh, hear about how Christmas is a Christian holiday, and, you know, got to remember the reason for the season, and, you know, the, the latest thing is, you know, two people holding hands on a Starbucks cup apparently represents um, acceptance of lesbian relationships, and, you know, the, the church believes that's something that's wrong. Uh, that stuff drives me nuts, and you know my opinions on this. I do want to say that this is not an attack against the Christian version of the holiday. All I want to do is talk about history. You know, as I've said before, I believe that people should be able to believe what they want as long as they don't make other people believe that as well or make them feel bad or persecute them for not believing it. Uh, but there's a lot of stuff that around Christmas that, you know, I, I don't remember learning in church when I was a kid. You know, I was a churchgoer until I was 16, and uh, they certainly left a lot of stuff out. Now, I... I want to mention that uh, this this show, this particular episode, is going to draw a lot from the writings of a professor, Professor Ronald Hutton. He's a respected uh, primary sources historian, and he talks about uh, Christmas in his book on the history of modern uh, paganism. You know, multiple books. There's also a lot of other quotes. Um, I did draw heavily as well uh, from a website called humanreligions.info. Uh, is an invaluable uh, source if you're interested in learning about. Uh, religious history and things like that. So let's get started. Uh, Christmas is the uh, celebration of when the days start to get longer, uh, which in the, the northern hemisphere is in the middle of winter. Now, many religions in history have claimed the winter solstice as their own and their holy day. Uh, the reason of the season is a combination of different traditions. It includes sun worship and pagan nature religions who have uh, basically uh, held the natural cycle as holy for many thousands of years. Uh, many traditional elements of Christmas actually predate Christianity, and now it's uh, laid upon uh, very Christian stories, you know, and even Christians say quite wrongly that they invented Christmas uh, when they in fact did not. In combination with these religious sources is also a heavy dose of, you know, commercialism. Uh, many traditions are in fact invented by companies trying to find ways to sell us shit. Um, a sensible and modern viewpoint is that Christmas is simpler, simply a, a secular midwinter holiday. It is also important. It is important to all families as one of the three holiday seasons in between the, uh, you know, when, when the kids start school and end school. It's a multicultural festival with a long pagan history, and it can pretty much be celebrated by anyone. Uh, so I'm going to give you now a general um, history of pagan Christmas. Now, many, as I said, many traditional elements of Christmas uh, predate Christianity. In other words, Christian was pagan before it was adopted by the Christians. The Catholic Encyclopedia of 1908 states uh, that the Christmas it was not among the earliest festivals of the church. Uh, the writers Irenaeus and Tertullian omit it from their list of feasts. Those authors lived in the third century. Uh, the article concludes when it uh, came to be that later Christmas was adopted uh, as the date of the 25th of December for Jesus. 
Jesus' birth, uh, the abundance of midwinter festivals may have helped the choice of the December date. Now, a um, gentleman by the name of Mujan Momin wrote in the phenomenon of... Eh, I can't talk. The phenomenon of religion, a thematic approach, that most Christmas customs are in fact based on old pagan festivals, the Roman Saturnalia and the Scandinavian Teutonic Yule. Christians adopted these during the earliest period of the church history. The church, however, has given this recognition and incorporates it into the church year uh, without too many misgivings. Only the more radical, fundamentalist elements in some churches protest from time to time about this mixing of pagan elements into their religion. Now, uh, sun worship formed the basis of Mithraism and Zoroastrianism, other Roman religions, and many other pagan traditions. It is the reason that Sunday, sun hyphen day, is a holy day in many religions, and why major festivals are held at the spring uh, and at the solstices. The real meaning of Christian is, or, I'm sorry, Christmas is sun worship, a reminder to all life on earth that we owe everything to the sun. Sun worship is one of the major pillars of all religion, and especially in older religions. Sun worshippers and nature religions held major celebrations at the winter solstice. Uh, it's basically representing the victory of the sun over the forces of darkness that try to oppress it. Osiris Dionysius was represented and was represented by the fun, as, er, as by the sun, as was Jesus, whom the church father Clement of Alexander calls the son of righteousness, spelled S-U-N. Uh, you know, when old relics and religious symbols are given a light backdrop of rays or light or a corolla, it means they represent the sun. So all those pictures or stained glass windows of Jesus with that big halo behind his head, that's representing the sun. Now, uh, Ronald Hutton writes, Sir James Fraser says, The largest pagan religious cult which fostered the celebration of December 25th as a holiday was the pagan sun worship Mithraism. The, this winter festival was called the Nativity of the Sun. Franz Cumont, perhaps the greatest scholar of Mithraism, wrote, quoting Minicius Felix, The Mithraists also observed Sunday and kept sacred the 25th of December as the birthday of the sun. Many scholars have pointed out how the sun-worshipping Mithraists and the sun-worshipping Manichaeans and Christians were all synchronized and reconciled when Constantine led the takeover by Christianity. And I've talked about that a bit, and one day I will talk about that more, but that is specifically referring to the Council of Nicaea. However, other sun-worshipping groups were included too, because of the general importance and popularity of Sol Invictus, or the Invincible Sun Deity. Uh, Mario Righetti, a renowned Catholic liturgist, writes, The Church of Rome, to facilitate the acceptance of the faith by the pagan masses, found it convenient to institute the 25th of December as the Feast of the Temporal Birth of Christ. Now, This was to divert them from the pagan feast celebrated on the same day in honor of the Invincible Sun. The mixing of pagan sun-worship in Christianity is exemplified by the testimony of a Syrian uh, scholar on uh, Bar Salabi who said, it was the custom of the heathen to celebrate on the same 25th of December, the birthday of the sun, at which they also kindled lights and a token of festivity. Uh, these festivities uh, and Christmas were took part by a prayer, took it, the Christians took part in it as well. You know, everybody there took part in those festivities because it was a lot of fun. Practically all of the known sun deities were born on the 25th of December. Um, you know, many of them, uh, Krishna, Mithra, Osiris, Horus, Hercules, Dionysius, Tamas, Indra, Buddha, all of those uh, gods and such uh, from history were all born on the 25th of December. Um, quite interesting, uh, if you ask me. Now, 
the, the most skeptical view of uh, the modern Christmas is that all of the uh, decorations and gifts and goods are all a commercial scam to make us spend money on things that we really don't need. Now, this while it certainly is probably true, uh, it's also become a secular social festival, uh, a lot like Thanksgiving. You know, families come together at Christmas, even if they don't for the rest of the year. It probably helps, you know, that Christmas, New Year's, Thanksgiving, they've all kind of become entwined is the holiday season. And all together, they just mean family celebration, even if there's, you know, a bunch of needless money being spent on top of it. You know, these uh, festivities uh, are led by commerce and retail outlets. Uh, we have Christmas cards and decorations, special foods. Uh, it's even been complained that, you know, the uh, the commercialism has caused Christmas to come much earlier. You know, everybody says, oh, no, not already. There's Christmas stuff in the stores already because, you know, they really feel that the stores are driving us toward that. And uh, next, we're, oh, oh, hold on, my phone is ringing. And Paul writes, On the eighth day of Christmas, my Hugh friend gave to me eight requests to log on and play Elder Scrolls online. Sounds about right. A perfect example of commercialism is the Christmas card. And uh, had the uh, corporations had their way, they could have remained an expensive privilege of the rich. Now, Ronald Hutton writes, The Christmas card represented a convenient and sophisticated evolution of the ancient custom of giving blessings or good wishes for the new year. By 1840, it was often carried on among the wealthier classes by sending a short poem engraved within an ornamental framework. This and some imitations proved to be commercial failures because they were too expensive. Then in 1862, a fresh start was made by the stationer's Messrs. Charles Goodall, which printed cheap, plain greetings. By the end of the decade, they were becoming decorated and other firms were producing them. In 1878, the volume sent was sufficient for the post office to commence a separate record of Christmas mail. And in the 1890s, the cards became a popular craze and continued to expand their market over the next century. In 1992, 1.56 million were sent. And, you know, the commercial value of the Christmas card trade was huge. Very huge. Now, the next part of this would be Santa Claus, because Santa is the representation or commercial representation of Christmas. Now, the human figurehead of this season is a modern creation. Before the 17th century, uh, there was no such person that represented Christmas. Uh, Hutton continues, Nobody seems to have thought of personifying Christmas until the early 17th century. It was done then partly because of the general taste of the age for allegory, and partly because the criticism of observations of the feast by radical Protestants made a representation of it convenient to writers determined to defend it. Thus, in 1616, Ben Jonson introduced the world to Christmas his mask, presented a figure in a round hose, long stockings, a closed doublet, a high crown hat with a brooch, a long, thin beard, a truncheon, little ruffs, white shoes, scarves, garters, and a tied cross. Wow, Santa wore garters. I didn't know that. Over the next 250 years, this sort of character was to feature repeatedly in pictures, stage plays, and folk dramas. Known variously as Sir Christmas, Lord Christmas, or Father Christmas, 
He was essentially concerned with the adult world, personifying feasting and games, and had no connection with presents. He wasn't treated with much respect. It was kind of a burlesque figure of fun. Then Santa Claus turned up. In Origins, he was, of course, the medieval patron of the children, St. Nicholas, who remained a favorite popular among the Dutch. So the figure gradually moved from St. Nicholas Eve to Christmas Eve. In 1809, Washington Irving, whose sentimental interest in the traditional Christmas has been mentioned, drew attention to the old tradition in his Knickerbocker's History of New York, rescheduling it from St. Nicholas Eve to Christmas Eve. Irving's portrait was repeated in an 1821 issue of The Children's Friend, published in the same city, that may have been the direct inspiration to another New Yorker, Clement Mark Moore, to create the modern Santa. His saint was not the traditional sentimental figure of the Dutch, but a magical spirit of northern midwinter. He wore wore fur clothes, had a bushy white beard, traveled through the sky merrily in a sleigh drawn by reindeer, and came down chimneys with a sack of gifts. Soon after 1863, he was frequently depicted wearing a red drum, red suit trimmed with white fur. Now, from 1931, um, Haddon Sundbloom, he's an illustrator for Coca-Cola, drew a series of Santa images in their Christmas advertisements until 1964. Everybody has seen those. Everybody is familiar with the Santa and the Coke commercials. They kind of go hand in hand. Now, despite the... Uh, nature reveration of the pagan festivals and sun worship that formed the basis of the Christmas period. Christians sometimes complain the original Christmas message is ignored at Christmas. Now, modern Christians don't really know its history. Christian churches have themselves long led a bitter campaign against the observance of Christmas in various times and places. They've even banned it completely. The religious content was always very small, with most celebrations and rituals being secular, meaning organized by people, not clerics. Major elements of Christmas are simply commercial inventions based on themes of nature, such as Christmas cards. You know, from the beginning, the proportion of religious themes and Christmas cards was very small. They were mostly focusing on the natural world and celebrating things, uh, lots of reds and greens, which have become the colors of the holiday season. And even the ideas of shepherds and wise men were all originally pagan, and the stories are now told with Christian overtones at Christmas. Now, interestingly enough, 44% of uh, children in England think Christmas is about Jesus. Now, since it's mostly derived from pagan myths, Jesus' birth stories are kind of dubious, and it's very likely that such beliefs were written um, retrospectively or after the fact uh, by the Roman Gospel writers or were assumed from the outset. Uh, there's no evidence or physical evidence to believe they actually occurred the way they are representative. And interestingly enough, Christians of the first few centuries did not know for certain where Jesus was born where he died or where he was buried. Um, this fact is bemoaned by early Christian leaders. When they did celebrate Christmas, they generally did so in April and May. Uh, Pope Julius I in the 4th century commanded a committee of bishops to establish the date of the nativity of Jesus. December 21st was decided upon. You know, not coincidentally, that's the day when the pagan world celebrates the birth of all of their sun gods as well. Uh, thus, the ancient festival of the winter solstice, the pagan festival of the birth of the sun, came to be adopted by the Christian church as, church as the nativity of Jesus and was called Christmas. The reasons the Christians annexed the winter solstice and chose to celebrate Christmas in December instead of spring was that influential Roman religion celebrated the birth of the sun on the winter solstice. And the first Christian emperor fused paganism and early Christianity to, cre Christianity to create the Christianity we know today. So, finally, I think we just have to say Christmas is and should be 
multicultural. It's a multicultural, multi-religious festival. It combines sun worship, polytheism, pagan nature religions, um, all sorts of things all together. When Christians say it's too pagan, or when they uh, complain, or when you know other people complain it's too religious, or when both groups complain it's too commercial, they're all in need of realizing that Christmas is a commercial fusion of nature-based festivals. Uh, the date of the 25th accords with the sun worship thousands of years old. The Christmas tree and some of the decorations are even pagan. Even the nativity stories are originally pagan, Mithrastic, Roman, and Christian. The main outstanding issue in the West is that, you know, the Christian assertion that Christmas has something to do with the Christian figure or Christ or his birthday. These elements yeah, don't quite hold up. I mean, the first paganism inherent in Christians, such as decorating trees, is warned against in the Bible. Secondly, there are no Christian birthday celebrations in the Bible. And lastly, the early Christians celebrated Christ's birthday in April or May. Again, it was only changed to match up with the pagan festivals of the winter solstice. Uh, I think that we can probably all agree on that whether or not you know, you're Christian or you're pagan or you don't have any beliefs at all, um, there doesn't need to be a conflict over this. We can all own Christmas. It can be something for all of us. Uh, you know, I had somebody the other day, I was at Walmart, and uh, this, this lady was uh, walking up to the car return. I had just returned my car, and she was heading, you know, up. She was an older lady. I actually walked toward her, you know, and I said, hey, let me take care of that for you. And she goes, oh, thank you. Merry Christmas. And I said, Merry Christmas to you, too. I didn't say happy holidays. I didn't stop and think, oh, I need to say something secular because I'm an atheist. I just said Merry Christmas. I mean, why can't we all just say Merry Christmas or happy holidays or whatever we want and not be offended by it? You know what I'm looking forward to? My family, turkey, presents, and hopefully not too much snow because my back hurts. But that's going to wrap things up for this episode. I will see you guys back for day nine of the 12 pods of Christmas. Till then, tuck and roll, kids. Geek Pod Blue is a Geek Pod Network production. Executive producers Paul Showens and Hugh Allen. Concept created by Paul Showens and Hugh Allen. Intro is Opportunity by Jameis Breed. Closing is Bucket by Jameis Breed. Both licensed for use by Dennis Johnston. Want to help the show? Leave a five-star rating on iTunes. GeekPod can be reached at contribute at geekpod.com or send us a tweet at geekpod. That's G33KPOD. You can also find GeekPod on Facebook and Instagram. G33KPOD. That's G33KPOD.